The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Songhez on SAFM.
Iyeza, Iyeza, Lemini Iyeza, Naguwe, Ringo, Malingos, seeing that Tato Zolani Mkiva wouldn't say something great about Ohadebe, I decided to use one very great Hadebe, and that is Ringo Malingos, Ohadebom Kulu. Speaking about greatness, here's the profile of Iyeza Health. Sizwen Zima, 21-year-old South African entrepreneur, realized that many people in the poorer areas of Cape Town should experience the same problem. They didn't have access to money, time, energy, and transport to collect medicine from public health facilities. Sizwe also saw there was a need to help local hospitals that were struggling to cope with a rapid increase in chronic patients. To solve these problems, he founded Iaza Express, a bicycle delivery service that collects chronic medication from public health facilities and delivers it to the people most in need in their homes. Hospitals were helped. Patients were helped. Two problems solved at once with a simple, cost-effective and efficient solution and one that just happens to be planet-friendly. Joining us to tell us more about that and the many accolades he has since won, Mr. Sizwe Nzima, born in 1991. Good evening. You're a great South African. Welcome to the African Narrative on SAFM with Songa Zomapeta. How are you? <laughs> uh, hi, hi, Songa I'm good, thanks. And you? That was an I introduction, could... eh? <laughs> well, it's not mine. It's yours. Claim it. You've done great <laughs> no, things. Hey, hey. When you have done great many things. accolades, I was like, oh... Yeah, I'm worried. You don't start mentioning them, man. Okay, I'll indulge you. No. <laughs> Forbes Africa, 30 no. under 30, most promising young entrepreneurs, 2013. Malian Guardian, top 200 young pioneers yeah, of 2013. The list goes on. I know. Well, Thanks. the people don't know. Let yeah. them know. Sixth in the SAB Innovation Awards in 2012. Cape Town's best young entrepreneur at the Telcom Cape Town Entrepreneurship Week in 2012. National champion for the Engine Pitch and Polish competition in 2013. And finally, CPSI Public Sector Innovation Award for Improvement of Public Services in South Africa 2014. Siswe, this is just absolutely amazing. And the work you're doing does merit all these accolades and more. Tell us what happened. How did you get started? We seem to have lost Sizwe. Um, but essentially, EASA Health is, a bi- as, as I mentioned. Oh, Sizwe, you back? Okay, do you want to go back two lines, please, and just start again? We had lost you there for a moment on air, Sizwe. No, no, I was saying it, it, it originates back from a personal experience that I had. Um, so I was, I was, I've, always, I've always grown up living with my grandparents. So, you know, uh, you know, she was responsible, you know, to go in and collect the medication. And I was given that responsibility. And, and so when you talk about the problems that people see on a day-to-day basis at the clinic and the problems that people experience from a patient uh, perspective, I was in that uh, uh, phase. I was in that problem. I was the one sitting in those queues, um, you know, waiting in, you know, for those long hours, you know, having to come back if they're stuck out, having to, 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 you know, to go back and come back tomorrow because it's full. So... I was in that situation, and, and, and for me, the idea came about when I was in the situation where I said, well, this doesn't have to happen like this. Couldn't there be a better way for people to access their medication? And, and I thought about, well, a, a, simple, a, a simple delivery service using cost-effective uh, way of, of transport is, is, would, would be good. They say that experience is the best teacher and necessity is the mother of all invention. You experienced that at one shot. But did you ever think Ears of Health would grow to be what it is today? And we'll talk more about your latest accolade that I deliberately left out. Yeah, look, honestly, um, at first when I started, um, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be 
where it is now. And obviously now I see a bigger, uh, I see a bigger, sort of a bigger success. You know, you know, as it grew, I started believing that this thing could be way bigger than his uh, and his grandparents. You know, way bigger than Kailicha and and the townships in Cape Town. It could be a national uh, thing, or even going up into Africa because access to healthcare in developing countries, specifically Africa, is still very much a, a big problem, especially for people living in rural areas. So for me, I never thought it would be where it is. But as I started, you know, running the business and as it grew, I started researching more about the problem and I found out that there's, there's a huge opportunity in improving access to treatment and access to healthcare, specifically for people in developing countries uh, 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 around in Africa. Take us from the beginning. What exactly is the business and operational model of EASA Health? I understand you have bicycles. I understand you're taking medicine, and I understand you're taking it to people. But how does it, in effect, roll itself out? Tell us the model of me as a chronic patient of, let's say, diabetes, for instance, and I need medication every now and then, as opposed to going to the hospital. How do I get hold of you, and what is it from the time you get the instruction from me as a potential client? What do you do to get me that medication? Okay. Well, well, honestly, Sonia, it has evolved. Eh? It has, in fact, it has. It is still the model is still the same, but we've got different products now that are within our basket. So the business has grown so much. Uh, but uh, just to explain it in a very simple way, we've we've grown into a from a bicycle career company to a holistic health logistics company. I don't know if I, 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 I make that clear. We were delivering medication when we started off, uh, and if I can explain that process. Yes, it's a very simple process. So the patient meets us at the clinic. I've got people at the clinic, my staff, who explain the service, how it works to people. We onboard the client who is interested. It is a voluntary service because the client is the one we have to pay. So if the client feels like this service is of need for me and it would help me, we get them on board and we sign them and we, we, we then have a look at their prescription in coordination with the pharmacist at the pharmacy and depending on the list of dates which the patient has to come to the clinic, the patient doesn't. What the patient does is they sit at home and we deliver that medication for them at their doorstep. They only come to the clinic after three or four months, only when they, when they have to come and see the doctor. So that's the chronic um, uh, 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 model. But we've got other products that we're working in, not only in the public healthcare sector, but in the private. Uh, we actually got clients... Uh, as part of private medical aid. Um, so what we do there is we, we offer an online platform that allows women to order their contraceptives, regardless of where they are in the country, order it online, send the doctor's uh, uh, prescription onto our platform, and we capture the prescription, convert it into electronic script, and dispense it, and then finally we courier that uh, your contraceptives. We've got a national client that we're working with um, uh, currently, and we've been running from last year. We're also into HIV prevention. We move PrEP. Um, you know, so you can look at our website. It's www.prepclub.co.za. So you can have a look at how you can prevent yourself uh, from getting infected with HIV. And then finally, we're now moving into vaccines. Where we're looking at how do we help women uh, specifically women in 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 in, uh, in getting in not getting cervical cancer in the future when they start being 40s 50s by 
basically increasing the chances of vaccination at a younger age. So what we're trying to do is use both an online platform that is linked to our app. What it does is the person or the mother orders the vaccine, we deliver it to the closest doctor or the closest uh, uh, nurse who's going to do the vaccination, and then the mom goes to the doctor uh, or the nurse and then does the vaccination. We're also trying to do demand creation for people to start doing HPV vaccination to the to the young kids. So we focus on kids at the age of 9, 12, 16, and 18. We're trying to say, how do we prevent more women, or how do we prevent women from getting cervical cancer by vaccinating them at a younger age? Yeah, these are fascinating thoughts. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. On the viewpoint. It's 19 minutes past 21. We're having a conversation with Mr. Sizwen Zima, who's the founder of EASA Health. Do give us a call on 0891-104-207. Voice notes on 0614-104-107 and SMSs on 40938. My name is Songa Zuma leading the conversation on this, the African narrative segment of The Viewpoint. Sizu, let's just break down your clientele base. So you've clearly got two forms of client, or sort of two... Um, yeah. Classes of clients, those are just a physical uptake that you get at the point of service at the public health facility, who in them going there, they might not necessarily be aware of your existence. But once they do, they are signed up. That's the last time they have to visit the public health facility. And then, of course, you've got your online platform, people who have got access to this, particularly your private clients. Let's just focus quickly where the need is most urgent, if you will. And that's the physical uptake at the physical um, at, at, at the premises of the healthcare facility, and this is essentially how EASA Health started. Yeah. How, how how does that truly work? I understand that I go there for the last time. How do you manage those relationships? How do you manage the transactions? How do you manage the relationship specifically with the healthcare facilities and the trust that you have had to build over time to be able to dispense literally the medicines that you do on behalf of their clients? Okay, well, Sangha, so that's a you know the relationship with the with the Department of Health uh, uh, and and the health institutions was was you know it took me more than two years to just get um, um, that type of relationship going in one clinic and and it was, it was a very two years in t- two years it was a very intense process you know I had to I had to become I started a, a business to solve a need but then as I Grew, I then understood that I needed to become a compliant uh, pharmaceutical distribution company. I see. And I didn't know anything about that. And I didn't know anything about cold chain management, tracking of parcels, uh, uh, you know, administration of parcels, parcel handling, you know, good pharmacy practice uh, uh, facilities, as well as my bikes. So I didn't know none of that. So you had you know, to become a medical logistics company as I of that time. I had to become a medical logistics company, and I had to acquire all those licenses, which took me more than two years, almost three years, to just get most of those licenses. And that's one of the biggest barriers to entry, I think, from my perspective, from a healthcare uh, uh, industry. The barrier to entry is very high because you need a lot of money and you need a lot of expertise that understand the industry. And I was very lucky enough that my mentor um, was, you know, he, he was working for a medical insurance company. Uh, you know, he had he had a degree in a pharmacy. He had he had his masters in public and private health. So he understood the industry very well. So 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 that was just a point I wanted to make that 
the barrier to entry is actually very high. It's not an easy walking industry, and, and, and I felt it from my own personal experience. So, but just to answer the question was basically how we deal with the, with the, with the institutions. As I said, I had to become a pharmaceutical, uh, a pharmaceutical compliant uh, distribution company. The management with the patients is more managed. Uh, it's a more personal relationship. So these patients are really uh, attached to us because not only do they see the, the benefit of the medication being delivered, but the fact that we advise them. So whatever advice that we get from the clinic, um, I know Department of Health is starting to push for people on chronic medication to eat very well in order to manage uh, whether it's your diabetes or your hypertension. And we're trying to say, we're also pushing out those messages to say, you need to start eating well. You need to start seeing a dietitian. How do you, you know, we, we're training our riders to become community healthcare workers where they push out valid information to people and valid advice because some people can't read. So, and you know, Senator, you walk up into an old gogo and the box has changed. Last month, the box was red and this month, the box is green. It's the same drug. It's just that it has, yeah. the factor has changed. And, and, this lady tells, will tell you, I won't take it because the box has changed. It is not the right medication. So that's why we trained our staff to say, how do they identify which one is which? When the box has changed, how do they explain to people that it is still the same medication with, with the same dosage, just that the box or the manufacturer of the company has changed? So those are some of the relationships that we have with clients. So it's not just a drop-and-go business. We, we try and interact we try and find out how, how are they doing. If the medication or the side effects or the symptoms are not treating them well, we always try and refer them back to the clinic in order to consult with the doctor. So it's more than just a drop and go. And that's how we've managed to maintain the relationship with our client. That's and my next terms, question. Yeah. Ma- managing now, because you have effectively replaced the clinic, you have replaced the healthcare practitioner at the site of the public service. You are now the interface of the healthcare provider in that you are bringing the medication. How have you, I mean, you touch on it, but how institutionally have you been able to capacitate your people to do this? How at a clinical level, from a practitioner level, have you been able to onboard those critical skills? Not necessarily you having to become a doctor or a pharmaceutical for that purpose, but you have had to at some point learn, if you will, the, 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 the medical aspect or the clinical aspect of being that dispenser. Well, well what happens, Sonia, is that we're working with, um, uh, with the University of, of Western Cape Pharmacy School, so what we're doing is we 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 not so what what I'm doing I'm currently enrolling uh, on on a, on, a, on a, a pharmacy assistant course which I never did before uh, I did a business course at UCT so uh, but now I'm I'm enrolling on a pharmacy course to understand the basics um, but we're working with the University of Western Cape Pharmacy School where they've sort of helped us to build a, a basic um, understanding of how do you handle drugs. What is the advice you would give to people on a on a, on, a, on just how to take the a medication? Uh, obviously, English being able to read English is one of the things that we equipped our, our riders with uh, in terms of being able to read and write. And and that's just the basics. It's not a really sophisticated course, but it, 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 the core basics of understanding of how to handle medication, how to read medication, and 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 also how to communicate with people. 
the University of Western Cape Pharmacy School, we're working with them in terms of enrolling our our, our riders uh, uh, on that course. Literally like a two, three months course where they just train them. So it's not just a case of getting somebody who can ride a bicycle to be an employee. There is some well, basic training like involved. That. It started like that, but now we're saying, oh, we want to run. So, so my goal, how do I build franchise models? I'm, I'm still in Cape Town, but how do I build franchise models for Soweto, for KZN, for Eastern Cape, for Northern Cape, where the model would be run uh, within these townships, run and employing youth, specifically for me, my, my my heart is very close to, to youth employment. Uh, people who are active in the community in order to become riders as well as uh, marketers at the clinic. So, but the goal is how do I implement this model around the country? And if I have to do that, there has to be a certain process. So I've, I've put in SOPs. I've put in standards which our employees need to abide by. Uh, abide by. So it's not just, it started off as a take and drop and go with any guy, but now it has evolved. So we're Take now me saying, to that. How do we train these people to become good community healthcare workers uh, uh, who understand uh, the basics of handling medicine and, and, and not really advising on the core of the medication, but more of the, 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 the overlying of how does, how does this medication treat me? Because some of the patients don't, don't talk to the doctor. All they do, they get to the doctor, the doctor speaks English, the old lady speaks his closer. And this lady just sits there and nods her head, even though, even though the symptoms are not treating her well or, or, or the side effects of the medication are not treating her well. So we offer that. And that's why we've sort of now went into a next phase of developing our app. So what we have, we have an app system that manages our deliveries as a management system, but also an, a communications app with patients. So we want patients to log in their complaints as well as their inquiries and we, we will be able to transfer that information to doctors. If a patient says, I don't like Panado, it makes me uh, uh, vomit, the patient needs to send a vo- can send a voice note or can send a text to say on our app, and then we can track the patient and communicate with the patient by giving that information to the doctor, and the doctor can say, well, please communicate to this patient that tomorrow he or she needs to come and see me. So we're trying to bridge that gap uh, using our app system, which is, the communications platform uh, between patients. Yeah, we seem to have lost Cesar again. Um, his line is somewhat disturbed, but he's just basically joined us from EASA Health, telling us about the wonderful work they do, in particular delivering medical supplies to those persons who either cannot afford or have the time to be li- sitting pretty much the whole day at public health facilities. It started off in Kylie Chain, Cape Town, where he lives currently, and he's been doing this now for the best part of five to six years. A young man who has gone at many awards, both locally and internationally, and I didn't really want to spoil his vibe. I want to him to tell us more about his latest international scoop. I'm hoping that the team will be able to get back to him very soon as I am just wrapping up a conversation that I've been having for the best part of half an hour. It's part of the African Eyes, celebrating young people, celebrating groundbreaking achievements from our young people, and Sizwen Zima is one of those people. So if you like, you can log on to www.prepclub.co.za. That's a prevention online platform for those who, well, I'm not going to say specifically what the disease is or the conditions that may pertain to that. But nonetheless, just visit www.prepclub.co.za for more information about some of the things that CISWE does. I understand he's back online. CISWE, 
I just wanted to actually ask you a, a question as it pertains to, because now you're talking about the operational issues and the protections of client interests. What happens? I mean, we understand that all these licenses that you needed to get were to avoid um, liability and culpability in the in, in, in terms of how dispensing the wrong medicine yes. could easily take place. And so you needed to be protected. The client needed to be protected. The healthcare facility and the department at large needed to be protected. Yes. What happens in a situation whereby I am sitting at home, I am your client, and I'm none the wiser as to what you will tell me as to the color of the box of the medication that's inside there. I'll just take what you say as sacrosanct. But what if I develop whatever it is that I develop because the person who has given me my prescription has given me the wrong material, given me the wrong medicines. How am I as a client protected or how are you as a dispenser collected or what liabilities or risks are you exposed to as a result of something that like something that could happen that is like that? Okay. So how it works is very simple. So the medication comes from the clinic and it's pre-packed. So it has, so we don't pack the medication. The pharmacist at the clinic packs it. So it has been checked uh, and has been packed by the pharmacist. What we do is we take it. Once it's closed and sealed, we take it and we deliver it to the patient. When the patient opens it to check if it's the right medication, that is why that communication platform becomes very important because the patient can log a complaint through us to say, this is the wrong medication that I've received and we can log in or we can communicate with the pharmacist or the doctor who has written and dispensed the prescription to say the patient says this is the wrong medication. And if by any case the patient feels like or something has happened after taking this medication, the patient has the full right to go back to the pharmacist. What protects us is that we do not dispense. We take what has been pre-dispensed and packed and we deliver. So Fair point. the client yeah. is protected from a from a in a, in a way that they could go back to the clinic and file a complaint that this has been packed wrong, and the pharmacist will advise as to why did they pack whatever they pack in that packet. For us, we take what has been packed, dispensed, and closed, and we deliver it. Siswe, final thoughts, but this is probably the most important thing, and why we especially have you here. What happened on Friday, the 6th of April in Switzerland, Lausanne? <laughs> oh, it was cold. That's what happened. <laughs> See, cool. what happened now? Come on. Okay. <laughs> you so, know what I'm asking. So, okay. So, so there was a, a competition on, 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 on vaccines, and it was sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So they are focusing on increasing vaccinations for young girls, as well as immunization for kids in specifically in developing countries. And one of that was Africa, focusing on Africa and HPV vaccines more more accessible to people. So with our platform that we that we've built in order for people to access HPV vaccines easy, we were the winner of the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, vaccine challenge, which was not easy. There was, you know, uh, there were other companies, other international companies that are there, so but we we won, uh, and it was a it was a grant, uh, and and uh, the prize was ten thousand dollars just to start off. Um, but we are currently in in, in 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 talks with the with the guys from Bill and Melinda Gates to see you know how do we trial 
our, our, our platform, how do we trial our method and what uptakes of patients or vaccines will come through and then how do we expand it you know, in, 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 on the whole of South Africa. We're having a conversation with Sizwan Zima, the founder of EASA Health, who have just recently won $10,000 in Switzerland from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for their wonderful service to public health in South Africa, particularly as it pertains to vaccine delivery challenges that are faced by a massive amount of people in the country. It's 25 to 10. My name is Songa Zamabet. Do give us a call for the last 10 minutes if you want to have a conversation very briefly with Sizwa. The number to dial is 891 SMS 40938. WhatsApp voice notes are always welcome at 0614-104-107. We have an SMS to you, Mr. Sizwenzima. This is Vuyelwa Kuya dialing in from the UK, she says. She's listening and she's proud of her African roots. Let, let's have a conversation about the support you've had from people on the ground, the support you've had from institutions and the support you've received mm. from private sector to make EAS a health what it is. Well, well, it has been... It's been really great. Honestly, I've been really supportive. Um, uh, and especially, you know, at first I thought when the institutions were not supporting me, uh, you know, they were all about legislation, legislation. I thought they were they were trying to sort of put me down. Why do you need, you know, why do we need to overcome regu- regulation? Why do I need to have these licenses? You know, and some of the support that I've got was from uh, companies, business development companies that host competitions. So that's how I've managed to build up my business. So I've never had any investment in the business, but rather what we do is we I go to competitions, I enter competitions, social innovation competitions like the ACB. That was my first grant uh, to, you know, I remember I put my first bike uh, with the SAB innovation uh, um, uh, grant. So business development agencies as well as uh, uh, competitions that I've been in that have been hosted by big corporate companies that has benefited me a lot. Uh, people from, you know, university who, 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 who've been working with me in, 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 in order to build, um, our platform. These graduated out of university. They're running a small company, uh, in Woodstock. They are a small develop, you know, a company of developers. So I've worked with them to sort of modify my business in terms of moving into digital technology. Mm. I've received some good support on, on the ground, as well as my community has supported me very well. So if you go into Kailich uh, in one of the clinics and you ask about years, probably 60% of people will say, we know them, we know them. So the support has been great. Fantastic. Has the department come through at all? I mean, not just Department of Health, but the Department of Small Business Enterprise or Department of Trade and Industry, Economic Development, the economic cluster of the um, public service or public administration. Has it come on board in any way? Well, currently not. Uh, They haven't come on board. Have they been approached? Yeah. No, no. They haven't come on board yet. No. So none of the business development uh, from, you know, from small business development, Department of Trade Industry, so none of them have, 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 have come on board. I've tried applying once when I was starting uh, at NYDA, and unfortunately my application was rejected. And But but it was a blessing in disguise, maybe. You can still and, try again. But, but the plan is, what I want to do now, as long as it is, as I'm, once I've built the model, and it's a working model, Yes. what I want to do is I want Department of Trade and Industry as well as small business development to offer the guys or other young people, you know, who want to run 
small business franchise, the E has a small business franchise in their own community, to offer them start-up funding to be able to set up. So that's my next goal. How do I engage with the you know, business economic development to say how do we build up a funding platform for people, for someone in Soweto who wants to run this business and we will go through a checklist with him, help them set it up, but getting the funding to set it up. How do we then get the business, sure. small business development to help those guys set up that franchise? So that's my future goal. Excellent. Um, just before we take a call from Nobi in Soweto, Vuya Lokuya says she wishes that her son had met you whilst they were still living in Cape Town because you would certainly make the perfect role model for her. So these are some serious accolades coming your way, Sizwa. Nobi from Soweto, yeah, thanks, good evening. That, that is really nice. Of course it is. I would imagine. Nobi in Soweto, good evening. Good evening, Sizwe. Hi, hello. Yes, Sizwe, I just want to say good work. We really appreciate what you're doing. It will save us going to those queues. I really, really want to see this happening in Soweto. And uh, my question was, uh, when are you starting to come to other places like Soweto? But as I was holding... I hear that you want some people to 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 to, to start it in Soweto. You don't want to come yourself to 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 help us in Soweto, so that you can help us go fetch the medicines from the clinics. Well, well, just to explain it, how it's going to work is uh, before I went to Switzerland, I had a meeting with the Department of Health, the National Department of Health, and we were discussing how are we going to implement this. So we're planning on running a trial on, 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 on two districts in, 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 in Johannesburg. Uh, and basically, I would still be involved in getting up to Johannesburg and setting up and helping you set up. But my goal is how do I develop other young entrepreneurs to, be, to run the business itself as, mm-hmm. as a means of them getting income as well as employing other people. So you do get young people that have studied business management as well as um, um, business uh, entrepreneurship but do not have an idea and have the skills to run business. So I want to empower them, help them. So I will be involved because it's still the year as a brand. And how do I want to help them to sort of get the model started, help them market it and help them grow and run that model. And then I just manage the overall business and the strategy of year. So yes, we are planning on coming to Soweto, but uh, we busy having meetings with National Department of Health. Unfortunately, okay. you'd probably want to do it quicker that season, but unfortunately, that was my comment. I wanted to say we hope it's soon. It can come soon enough. Ah, thank you, Sizwe. We're looking forward to have you in Soweto. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you so much, Nobi in Soweto. Sizwe, let's, I mean, let's celebrate the team. I mean, I would understand you are the brainchild behind all of this, but you, cos- you possibly couldn't have done it on your own. Just a moment or two for the people that you are employing. Well, maybe drop out some names, but uh, it's, it's a small team. It's a team of 14. Um, we've got 14 staff members. So, it's, it's, well, it's my partner, Siraj Adam. It's Colin, the logistics manager. It's my Luyanda, Dimpiwe, Siavuya, uh, and all the other guys that are, you know, it, it, it's my drivers who drive the vehicles because we also deliver, you know, bulk stock to other uh, clinic facilities, you know, Arnold, uh, Calisto, and all the other guys, Bongani. So we, we, 
That's my team. So otherwise, if, I, if, if, if they were not here, because they make it happen, these are the guys on the ground. And I really appreciate having them um, because they're really pushing the brand for years. You know, I'm really, really thankful that every day they wake up in the morning, even though they get a salary. But the fact that they dress up in the uniform and, and, and with their ears, the brand for me, it makes me proud. Sometimes I've seen one of my Bucky's vehicles go past me on the end too. Then I always hit a wooter. Like, I'm watching you guys. So I, I really feel proud when I see people on the end too driving my vehicles. I see guys on bikes riding my bikes, delivering medication and wearing the brand. For me, that's, that's the best thing ever uh, because I can see that the brand, these guys love the brand. So I really, really appreciate them and I appreciate them having, on, having them on my team. We thoroughly appreciate you. That was Sizwan Zima, the founder of Yeza Health, who have recently won the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Award, together with Nigeria's MedSaf, specifically for their delivery of malaria and vaccine throughout, especially those places that are marginalized. There are over 30,000 users on the platform of Yeza Health, and Sizwan has done tremendous work in partnership with the Department of Health, particularly in the Western Cape government, in meeting a socio-economic need, and that is medication to those persons who are most marginalized. It's 21 43 that's the end of the show but before we go ultimately we will have to play an ad break and go to our daily soapy the paper